Hello, Trash Future listeners. Please enjoy this preview of August's second Britonology, in which we discuss UK pub songs and general public singing with musician Elijah Finmore. If you like Britonology, you can get one a month on the $5 tier and two a month at the $10 tier. We also unlock the $10 episodes after a few months, and I've linked two of them in the show notes to this promo. Additionally, I've unlocked two other Britonology episodes to the free feed, and those links are also available below. Thanks for being a listener, and I hope you enjoy. I know that this is somewhere where we and me and Nate differ. I quite like the fact that if you get on the tube at 11.01 on a Friday night, about which Nate is absolutely correct, someone will start singing Sweet Caroline and people who are not in that group will join in. I, f- I find that a fascinating cultural phenomenon that I enjoy every time. <laughs> See, because it's just a thing that like, I'm not born and raised New Yorker, but I sort of like got socialized as an adult outside of, you know, my. I'd been in the military in some capacity since I was 18. And so li- my first time really living kind of permanently in a big city was living in New York. And like, that's how I sort of learned to comport myself on public transit in public in general. Like, mm-hmm. if you try that in New York, unless you are like a busker <laughs> and you're really good, at best, you will get, hey, oh, shut the fuck up about 15 <laughs> seconds in. And at worst, you will get physically thrown off the train. If you are a group of like youngish college students trying it, who boy it's it's not going to go no. well so mm. like to me there's this there's this part of me that always wants to be like yo what the fuck is your problem like when i hear people but like i know that's not how they react that's not how it works in this in this country i mean everyone's just sort of in on the joke it's interesting i mean i i i spent a, a few months in st petersburg back in 2014 um i was meant to go teach english and learn russian that didn't happen i just got drunk a lot um, <laughs> yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, let's say, every you know, single night. Yeah, uh, poison bar karaoke. Fucking yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, I would hang out with these Irish guys, and we'd end up on the fucking tube at like seven a.m., <laughs> drunk off our faces, singing. Um, Some say the devil is dead and joined the British army, like on the fucking tube. And the locals were, uh, I don't know, they seemed quite sort of taken with it. Um, Oh, yeah, the Russians (laughs) love that sort of thing. Yeah, they're they're into that. Um, Being very drunk, uh, singing weird, abstruse songs. Because the Russian equivalent of this is that they, it's all the like kind of like Soviet songs. Yeah. So like you get a bunch of Russians pissed and sooner or later they'll start singing fucking Katusha. Like Mm. it's going to (laughs) happen. Yeah, yeah. I think I've joined in on that, actually. Yeah, it's pretty easy, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, they find it very interesting that there's an Italian version of the same melody called Fischi al Vento, which is about partisans um, going to fight uh, fascists in the, in the, you know, the years of Yeah, I mean, period. so yeah, much yeah. of that Soviet stuff is, like, r- ripped off from Italian stuff, to be honest. Like, the... Um, I mean, even the even the famous La de Gigoli is just a Fiat 124 that they copy. <laughs> Which is why the original Gigoli is the best one they ever made, because it's closest to the Fiat. And then as as time went on, they started getting funky with it, and the car got, gradually got worse. I didn't realize that, because you're telling me these things, I'm realizing these connections, like the, the fact that people were into the performance of Drunk Guys on the Tube. So basically, Britain is actually Russia, and Russia is actually Italy. Uh, yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's not a bad comparison. Britain is the sort of Russia yeah. of like Western Europe. I think that kind of I have tracks, said yeah. this numerous times that Britain is the Russia of Western Europe, and that's beyond Britain making such a comfortable environment for money laundering. I feel like the cultural affinities, uh, those are one of the reasons why uh, why Russians seem to like Britain so much. 
Mm. I mean, the money laundering is a big one. The servant economy is a big one. But like culturally, they just kind of get on. It here. works on every level. Everyone fucking hates it when you show up on holiday, right? Mm. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what was great about the Euros in like, uh, I think, 2016, when um, when the, the Russian and the British fans just kept having massive fights. And it was like this weird thing where like they'd sort of, they'd finally they'd finally met their like true Wario. <laughs> like it was like it was so fun just watching like oh, finally some people who can fight us. <laughs> yeah, it was good. I I spent I watched the um uh yeah, in, in twenty fourteen I went down to Tallinn for the semifinal and the finals. And uh yeah, the the Estonian uh reactions to me telling them about my time in Russia were interesting to Say the least. But I think they were more pissed off about the Finns, actually. But I am comfortable with the idea stuff. of smashing pop glass in guys' face over a football match, but I am not comfortable with road flare in my asshole. Yeah, this is gay. Why can you not beat me on ass with twig in sauna like a normal man? <laughs> yeah, no, that's a really good comparison. Fuck. Is there like Russian pub music? Is there like a Russian pub scene? Well, they don't like really have, context. yeah, like much of a like uh, a pub culture. Like, I mean, they have kind of. Like, I mean, obviously, like any city in Russia has like bars and stuff, mm-hmm. but it's not. It's not really the same thing. Um, but they they will absolutely like they love like just hanging out at each other's houses and like sitting around, and they will like sit and drink until like eleven o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, initially, I always used to, I used to do this joke actually on Russian TV that like. The classic trajectory of a Russian night is that they like they sit around and they're all and they're all drinking and then like eventually like you go to bed as a foreigner about eight a.m. because if you stay there until eleven a.m. all the dudes are going to start crying and talking about their ex girlfriends and their dead dogs from childhood. It's <laughs> actually fuck that that that's uncannily familiar. Yeah. Oh dear. It's, it's funny to me. I was thinking about this because. Yeah, I would be curious if Russia had a kind of pub culture because, I mean, I think it's pretty unique, quite frankly. I've lived, obviously, I spent most of my life in the U.S. I've lived in France for a little while, which doesn't have a pub culture, save for like, you know, sort of imports with the specific kind of kitsch of it being a mm-hmm. British, Britain, Ireland kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and America doesn't either. I mean, America, you have like America has the sort of bar karaoke kind of thing where you sing in front of people. Which, when you think about the origins of it in East Asia, is very different. Like mm-hmm. I've, I've spent, I spent, I lived in Korea for a while, and in Korea, like they love it. Uh, they, it's called noribang there, but like, much like in Japan, you do it in a private room with your friends. There's like table service or like private service where they bring stuff to you. You don't do it in public. The idea is you embarrass mm-hmm. yourself in front of your friends, but not in front of strangers. Whereas obviously the American equivalent is like, uh, yeah, if you do karaoke, you're singing in front of everyone. Mm-hmm. I one time remember oh, yeah. being blitzed out of my mind at like 4 a.m. watching a guy who looked like the Bond stooge from uh, The Life Aquatic, like Bud, <laughs> Bud Court aged 50, get up and sing in like a mousy but very, very determined voice. Jimmy Buffett's A Pirate Looks at 40, which is a very, very <laughs> sad song. And I just remember at 4 a.m. just being like, I'm in hell. I'm in absolute hell right now. <laughs> and, I love a good karaoke. I think bands here use it to recruit singers because you never know who you're going to bump into as well. I mean, that's the origin story of fucking Depeche Mode, man. Dave Gaughan sung David Bowie's Heroes doing doing karaoke. And they were like, wait, this guy can sing. What the fuck? And uh, yeah, that's, that's the origin of that story. But um, in America, obviously, like 
we have the cover band phenomenon. You go mm-hmm. to bars, there's going to be a band. They aren't going to play original music. They're going to play covers of stuff. And, you know, you're going to hear Bon Jovi's yeah. Bad Gang Medicine. Gang of Four. Uh... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, you, 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 uh, I, I, Elvis I, Costello. Well, you know, what's funny is you say that, but like Elvis Costello fully came out of like the pub rock tradition in the 70s. So like there was a time when that was sort of like standard pub music, like same with like Nick Lowe. Um, no, it's just funny to imagine an American bar band playing covers of Elvis Costello. I think uh, was uh, Costello not sang to the same label as the Pogues at some point. I think he might yeah, have been. Yeah, the, I mean, the, there's a whole kind of overlap there, um, which is interesting to me in 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 that kind of attitude of music at that time. And they probably were just playing like dingy fucking rooms, you know, that awful looking like those those British pubs that just look like white cubes, right? That- <laughs> Well, that's the interesting thing, too, is that like they're I I, I don't want to say like, oh, they don't do it like they used to. I have no idea what it's like in the music industry nowadays, if that's sort of a a route to things. But when you look at stuff, the the two places that I know a lot about the sort of pub rock scene becoming a thing uh, are the UK and Australia. And absolutely in the 70s, bands that were like big doing pub rock gigs uh, went on to be huge. I mean, like Midnight Oil in Australia, like Elvis Costello. I was going to say Dave Edmonds, Nick Lowe. um, People like that here, that 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 a hundred percent, you know, translated into like a thing where that person became famous. Whereas um, it's very funny for me. I went to school at IU Bloomington, and Bloomington, Indiana, is famous for uh, having like some of the most storied indie labels in America, and not really that many bands, like almost no bands that come out of there. I mean, yeah, I can I can speak to this a little bit because um, I don't think so. So the the. The first thing that comes to mind is that if you're if if you're doing pub gigs nowadays, there is absolutely zero scope for playing anything original, like nothing that you've written. Um, I do know some people who will occasionally toss one in on like a quiet night, and they'll be like, "So this is like um, this is an early Biffy Clyro B side," and they'll play their own song, and people <laughs> will applaud for it. Um, but yeah, you, you 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 can't really get away with it because the the industry as it is now is is that it, it it's a it's um it's almost like being a budget cover band, right? Like they just want you in to, to, to sing the hits, get people to dance, keep it fast, keep it upbeat. Everyone kind of does the same sort of like beefed up versions of like slower songs. Mm-hmm. Um, just make them a little bit faster and you have to do wagon wheel. Um, you can get away with missing out sweet Caroline. If you're lucky enough, I, I haven't sung that song in ages. I fucking hate but it. You have to do old crow medicine show wagon. You wheel. have to do wagon wheel. And that's the funny thing because no one fucking knows who the old crow medicine show are. They asked me for Darius Rucker or Nathan Carter. And Dar- Wait, Darius Rucker from fucking Hootie and the Blowfish? Yes, he did a cover of, of, of Wagon Wheel. <laughs> oh my God. 